All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Mitch Michaels hosting this sports podcast as always. We've got a lot to discuss in the world of football into 2024. Joining me now, as I wear black on this day of solemnness, uh, Matt Wittenberg <laughs> calling in. Matt, welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate you having on for uh, for this one in particular. I'm sure one that uh, an episode you weren't really looking forward to having to make at all. <laughs> no, no, we're going to talk NFL after this, but we have to give credit where credit's due. Begrudgingly, the Michigan Wolverines are college football national champions. They beat Washington 34 to 13. I know it did get away late, uh, and we're going to put this into perspective as well. Um, and it was a one score game at one point in the fourth quarter. But I have to say, and being honest, this felt like the score that it probably should have been because Michigan was handling Washington early, you know, gave them an opening back in there, kind of some self inflicted wounds. But the story of this game to me, this individual game, wit was the fact that. Washington's offensive attack was bottled up. Michigan controlled the trenches. They were running the ball really effectively early on, but on the defensive side, that's how they won this national championship. Penix had the game of his life in the semifinal against Texas, and he was essentially a non-factor in the national championship game, and I think that's what got the Wolverines the title. No question. So much of uh, Washington's offensive attack and prolific offensive stack at that goes through Penix and that trio of wide receivers that have been so dominant all year long. But yeah, they picked, uh, obviously Michigan had a lot to do with that, but they picked the wrong game to have a down game. You notice Penix missing quite a few throws that one fourth down, uh, to Adunze in particular, that probably would have been a touchdown early on with mm-hmm. a lot of momentum and, he was never really able to hit those deep shots down the field like he was against Texas, but seemingly at will in that game. And the one that he did have downfield, the Doomsday gets called back for that uh, ticky-tack holding call, which I guess that's in the discussion about the officiating, but I don't think that was necessarily the determining factor. There was just like such a gulf in their air attack not working and then Michigan's ground attack being so dominant, which was surprising that they sort of got away from that in the second yeah. quarter, second third quarter, which, I mean, it probably could have been a lot more out of hand at that yeah. point had they stuck with it. But mm. yeah, I got to have to be begrudgingly. I, I wanted Washington to win. I'm a Pac-12 guy, so pour one out for them. Uh, I wanted Washington to win, and but got to give Michigan credit for that game plan. Yeah. They were tough, physical, exploited uh, Washington weaknesses and our uh, national chance at the end of the day 15 and 0 yeah and uh, and to be fair too like I, I didn't agree with the holding call obviously I don't think that would have swung the game I felt like Michigan would have won this yeah. game regardless they would have done what they needed to do it was weird that they got away from the run game when they got the lead but they reestablished it late McCarthy did enough and yeah I mean it was Edwards coming back from the dead essentially his first two carries were just two long touchdown runs. Quorum is automatic, but it just does show you the trenches, right? Because Alabama, you know, going into overtime with, with Michigan in a much more competitive game, but with, with a much more raw offense, much more raw quarterback, but they were able to block them a little better. And when you can't, you know, control right. the line of scrimmage, it doesn't matter who's back there. So uh, Michigan gets the last laugh. Harbaugh finally has his national championship, and Michigan, for all the – for all the drama, for all the adversity, some of it being self-inflicted, I would argue, they get the last laugh because they went through a four-team college playoff that we all said was pretty wide open, and they're the last team standing. Yeah, yeah, they went through 
not much in the regular season as far as challenges go, but that gauntlet sort of to end the season with uh, Ohio State and I guess Iowa was, is, I mean, Iowa's defense is elite among the rest of the country, but the offense, that's another story. But going through Ohio State, Iowa, Alabama, and Washington all back-to-back at the end of the year, that's quite a gauntlet. And, yeah, they weren't really tested in any of them except uh, for most of the Ohio State game, you could argue, and then most of uh, Alabama, or, yeah, most of Alabama. But, yeah, they I mean, they left no doubt that they were the best team in the country this year. Yeah, a couple couple of things when we wrap this up before we get to the NFL. One being, it did make me feel a little better as an Ohio State fan that we were this close to this team. You know, having them mm-hmm. go through them, you're like, okay, well, we're not that far off. The other thing I want to point out, too, uh, man, how do you think Georgia feels right now? Because <laughs> I feel like yeah. they have to be thinking this could have been ours. Man, I, I'd love to have seen that game up feels like that would have been a really really compelling uh, national championship if we got it with uh i mean they dismantled a completely checked out florida state team but they still did it by 60 mm-hmm. points which is hard to do against any team in major college football so they yeah they definitely missed the opportunity by choking that one against uh, bam or not having their best game i should say against bam i don't know if they really choked it but yeah, that's a that will keep some dog fans up at night. What could have been potentially a three peat? So yeah, yeah, you you can play the wettest game all you want, but uh, just <laughs> bottom line, they they didn't get it done in Atlanta against the Tide, and yeah. have to settle for that uh, Orange Bowl trophy. For Washington's standpoint, I know the Pac-12 are pouring one out. It's over. Washington's into the Big Ten now. We'll join Michigan as a conference mate, but. I don't see them as, and I don't want to use this too, you know, too dismissively, but pulling a TCU and then falling all the way back to the pack, I still expect them to be very competitive. So long, and the caveat being DeBoer stays there, which I think he will, but with college football coaching moves, you never know. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, they beat the story to death, like leading up to this guy's won everywhere from division two what was it south dakota two yeah. falls i think is the school he was at he's like lost like something like 11 games since he's been a college head coach at all levels and man it looks like you can obviously tell that his players love playing for him and especially on the offensive side of the ball the guy can coach offense so they have uh, will rogers coming in next year from mississippi state he's got a ton of experience so i'm sure the offense will be uh, just as good or probably not as good but probably won't lose too much of a step compared to what they had this year, but uh, question marks on defense moving forward, but I definitely don't see them falling to like the middle of the big 10 or anything like that. Well, this will segue into our next uh, topic point, but is this in your opinion, it for Harbaugh at Michigan? I think so. It it kind of seems like everything's pointing in that direction, especially since he was able to cap off this season, winning it all. Um, there's quite a few attractive uh, NFL job openings and just from reading the tea leaves, it seems like that guy really wants to win a Super Bowl too. So that's, I guess, kind of the one thing missing on his resume. He's been successful everywhere he's went, even making it to the Super Bowl with uh, the 49ers losing to his brother and then that one. But yeah, I could see him probably potentially taking, I should say the chargers, maybe the Raiders job. I know there are connections there and, I guess Tennessee could be kind of intriguing too now that they shockingly uh, yeah. fired Mike Rabel. 
Well, props to Michigan again, uh, winning the title. They've officially joined the ranks, their first title since 97, and they're back in the uh, power stature of college football. As much as I don't like it, that is the facts there. And <laughs> I agree with you. I think Harbaugh is going to the NFL. He's a checklist guy. He's got that, like, Conor McGregor approach where he wins something, and it's like, all right, what's next? No, no use in mm-hmm. sticking around. So uh, given that, I think he will go, and that segues into it before the playoffs. We've got six head coaching openings officially as of right now, and that could be seven if the Patriots and Bill Belichick, whatever happens there. But the biggest one yeah. today, and we know that the, the Panthers, Raiders, and Chargers all already made moves. Ron Rivera was a dead man walking, and they got rid of him after the game. Arthur Smith let go as well. But the big one was Mike Vrabel today as we record this was let go by the Titans. There's a lot of drama, a lot of rumors, and I understand that it's an interesting one because he's such a good coach and so well-respected. But to hear the owner, to hear her say what essentially was the case, that they could have traded him, but it would have cost them time to get their preferred candidate was a fascinating thing to hear because on one hand, I understand the logic, right? You don't want to be behind the eight ball, but they better nail this then because you just let a great coach walk out the door. Yeah, he's, what, two years, I think, removed from winning Coach of the Year and having some successful teams making some playoff runs with uh, limited QB play. I I think uh, Tannehill was his guy pretty much his whole time there, other than um, some Will Levis this year. But, yeah, he's super talented, and he's going to be in demand for a lot of these teams with openings now. So, I mean, I know that a lot of people are making the – Patriots connection if that one happens to open with uh, Belichick and on the surface that would make a ton of sense yeah and and that's look that would be my guess at the whole situation I don't think Belichick's going to be back how the exit goes if it's amicable if it's not remains to be seen I do think Belichick wants to keep coaching as well there was that there's there's two school of thoughts right like Gerard Mayo was supposed to be the coach in waiting but I, there's no way they would they would pass up Vrabel if they need a coaching offer, what he's meant to them and how no he's proven he's a good coach there. I just had the other theory, too, is that I could see the reunion with him and Arthur Smith because I know his coaching head coaching record wasn't the greatest, and you know he lost his job, but as an OC under Vrabel again, I could see that reunion. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense for sure, and he's pro- Arthur Smith's probably eager to get right back into coaching. I'm sure he doesn't want to sit too long with the – with the way things ended in Atlanta, the uh, whole yeah. Jameis. Uh, I mean, that was absurd, right? Like that, I, li- I like a good Jameis story as well as anyone. And, and I think, too, that, that a lot of times when they're scoring at the end of the game, I understand, well, it's like, just stop them. Like, I understand it. They were in victory <laughs> formation, though. It's hard to defend that one. Yeah. Yeah, regular play is definitely a little different. Yeah. Um, do you think with Harbaugh and all these openings, right? Like, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors to consider and it's, you know, ownership, it's fit, maybe it's quarterback. Do you think he looks at any of these, I don't want to say based on divisions, maybe based on competition, right? Would be the question, like the chargers job, having to go against Mahomes every, you know, twice a year. Do you think that maybe with the commanders having that division, do you think Harbaugh would even care about that? Or he just thinks he's in deservedly. So thinks he can just win anywhere. No, I don't think he's wired to be too concerned about the, those factors. It seems like he'll just go where whatever team he thinks is the best fit, regardless of division or circumstance. I mean, he had he competed against Pete Carroll all those years in the NFC West, and they had sort of that rivalry bleed through from uh, back when they were both coaching in college, too. So yeah. I don't anticipate him. I could easily see him taking the Chargers job just because, obviously, they got Justin Herbert, that great place to live. Yeah. Um, he's coached on the West Coast a few places. He was at 
University of San Diego even before Stanford. So that that just seems like on on the surface checks a lot of his boxes. Yeah, and and we can kind of wrap with this, right? That you know the Titans are looking like they're a full rebuild with you know Henry's gone and now Vrabel. Um, the best coaching opportunity for a guy like Harbaugh or whoever the top coach is, you know, the Chargers are the enticing one given the division. We'll see what happens with Pierce though, because I would put the Raiders on par with some of the talent that they've accumulated. If you got a guy like Harbaugh in there, it would be very fascinating to see how he would do. Yeah, they do have. I mean, Max Crosby is one of the probably three best defensive <laughs> players in in football. Yeah. That guy is just a game wrecker and. I mean, I'm sure you could smooth over keeping Devontae Adams if you bring in a guy like Harbaugh. So, yeah, the big question there is just quarterback. And, I mean, there's going to be there's avenues to explore with that. They could trade up in the draft. They could make a trade with another team, see who's on the free agent market. So it's, there's definitely worse spots. I, I would probably rank the Chargers as the number one open job, and then I think Raiders right behind them. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. Matt Wittenberg here on the Money Mitch Effect to watch the coaching moves, but we've got playoff football, super wild card weekend coming up, the uh, 12 of the 14 playoff teams. It's a great slate for sure. But before we get to that, any, any shock with how it went down week 18, the final races? Unfortunately, we got Pittsburgh in, sneaking into the playoffs. <laughs> but I'll have to say, even though it was Vrabel's last game and Henry's last game, beating the Jags there wasn't surprising to me given – how Vrabel gets his players to play for him and how just beat up the Jags were. Man, yeah, I, I think the story is the Jags down the stretch because going into that Monday night game against the Bengals, I remember they were in position to be, if they ended up winning that game, they would have been the uh, number one seed in the AFC. And then obviously Lawrence gets banged up. There's some health concerns there. And that team just fell off the deep end. And this is the playoffs after making it last season and just yeah what an end for them this year that was a rough one uh, the dolphins losing the division also a rough one given where they were and you know they just couldn't get healthy but some you know mistakes down the stretch you know their offense could not get going i know waddles out and hills banged up but two left a little to be desired and the bills defense slammed the door shut there uh the other thing yeah yeah the go ahead. Quickly on the Bills, they're sort of like the inverse of the Jags. They were like left for dead. Like I think they were six and six midway through the season, and yeah, storm all the way back and win that division, the number two seed, and potentially getting the Chiefs in their building uh, in the second round. So it's exciting. That was a fascinating one. The Packers getting that last spot and the Bucks getting the division wasn't really shocking given what happened, uh, you know, down the stretch. Uh, the only other the only other note I have is uh, <laughs> we'll get to it with the last game. But whatever happened to the Eagles? Ten and one, and their over under for wins this year was eleven and a half, and they didn't hit it. <laughs> yeah, one of those thanks to the Arizona Cardinals too. So uh, it's uh, and I mean even the Giants last week they were right at the bottom of the league too. So wild well here we go first game is my cleveland browns taking on the houston texans in that uh, first saturday uh, afternoon time slate in houston texans coming to this game two and a half point favorites i'll be honest with as excited as i am to have browns playoff football and as and bullish as i am at parts of this team and what they've done this was the least of all the options going into week 18 that i wanted uh cj stroud not just because of the ohio state connection but how good he's been this year He's back healthy. He won that game down the stretch in an elimination game against the Colts. 
So the Browns are going to have their work cut out for them this week. I think uh, I'll start with the key to the game for me. It's Flacco not throwing interceptions. Because as great as he's been and as much as I've gushed over him, his interception rate is pretty high. That's going to have to be cut out if they want to win this game. Yeah, there's no question. Um, yeah, what a fascinating quarterback matchup, though. Like two guys basically on the opposite ends of, of the experience spectrum. Flacco, the been there, done that, has one of the, I guess, best like playoff runs ever that year that they won the Super Bowl. He was just unbelievable. And then you go on the other side, a guy playing in his very first playoff game. And so... I, I don't think the track record is necessarily great for rookies starting in the playoffs. So, there, you know, there's probably going to be some jitters and some mistakes that could happen. Uh, Stroud seems like he's wired well. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He seems like that stuff probably won't phase him too much. But still, I mean, there's no replicating experience. And then that Browns defense has been the best defense all year long. So, I mean, I anticipate a pretty – pretty good game from them no matter what i mean the uh, browns lucked out and not having to play cj stroud the first time around a couple weeks ago got davis Mills for yeah, that, that was, one so yeah, it was a lot of case keenum in that game <laughs> yeah case keenum too so yeah i do think the browns have the edge though for sure yeah it'll be interesting to see if we can get uh, if the browns can get miles garrett into the backfield the secondary has been hunting under jim schwartz as well so I wonder if he's going to get some calls, by the way. You think he'll get some head coaching calls? Uh, absolutely. I mean, the way that deep has been playing, he's been a head coach before, too. So it's been a few years, but definitely think that team will be giving him a call as they should. I'm going to pick the Browns biasly, of course, but I think that they're in a good spot to go into this game and win. Shutting down Devin Singletary will be huge if the Ford and Hunt connection does well. And if uh, Cooper's back healthy is a big thing. Uh, for the Browns, but I like them in this spot. I'm glad it's the first game. And there's not as much anticipation for me. Uh, the Saturday mm-hmm. night, the Saturday night game is Dolphins Chiefs, and the Dolphins, you know, not only losing that game and losing that division whip, but they lose the home field game, and they have to go to. It sounds like it's going to be a snowstorm in Kansas City. Uh, it would be a recipe for uh, disaster most of the time, especially against the Chiefs and Mahomes, but. It's not like the Chiefs have exactly been setting the world on fire. So they are about three and a half, four point, fav- four point favorites. What's your assessment of this matchup? I just don't have very much confidence in the Dolphins, the way that they finished down the stretch. And they're dealing with a lot of key injuries at this point, too. With uh, Waddle and Mostert are supposedly going to be good to go for this game, but you don't know what percentage they're going to be at. Uh, Tyree Kill is going to be really motivated, that's for sure, but the weather conditions. I don't know if that necessarily constitutes a chuck it down the field type of game. So it might be a lot of like the more intermediate stuff and keeping it on the ground, which uh, I mean, for the way that KC's played this year is probably the way that they want it with how ineffective their receivers have been. So I do like the Chiefs in this one. It's at home too. And I just like can't, and just, I can't see them losing in the first round. I could definitely see them losing in the second round, but not, I, I don't see them losing this one. This is my lowest confidence maybe all week of all the games. And I say that because everything you said makes sense. The Dolphins are just gashed on defense with injuries, with, you know, mm-hmm. offensively too. But the Chiefs, there's something, and we do this a lot, right? We give them the name recognition. Well, they got Mahomes. They have Kelsey. Their defense is better. They'll figure it out. They'll snap into it. And then, then they don't, and we're like, wow, like, I guess we should have seen it coming. Like It happens so many times to where I wouldn't right. say that I'm – I'm going to pick the Chiefs as well, 
but I'm not going to be shocked if the Dolphins win this game because the Chiefs are the team that lost to the Broncos, lost to the Raiders mm-hmm. at home, you know, have had have had duds, have, have had receivers that just actively are not trying to catch balls, it would seem. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going Chiefs in this one, but it wouldn't surprise me. I'll have to look at the over-under in this one because it wouldn't surprise me if it goes a little under. Yeah, I could definitely see it being a pretty low-scoring one. I mean, last last game, the Dolphins couldn't even get their offense going at all in the second half. So uh, that's that's what would scare me. Uh, the first Sunday game is Steelers going to Buffalo. The Bills finished the season with four straight wins to get the two-seed an improbable finish for them. Ten-point favorites against the Steelers. I'm going to look at this with an open mind. With No T.J. Watt is just absolutely brutal, and that's giving me zero chance, zero faith in the Steelers to actually win this game. Could they cover the numbers? Sure. But I think without arguably one of the top two or three defensive players in all football, you would have needed to win a very low-scoring game and get some takeaways, which still could be possible with Josh Allen. But how did the Steelers do that, and how do they get to the number they need to offensively to win this game? I just don't see it. No, I agree with, excuse me, I do agree with you on that one. That's like the one player that they basically couldn't have done without in this game, especially going against Josh Allen, who likes to take off and run and stands tall in the pocket. Like You need a guy like TJ Watt that can just wrap up and wreck games, especially when on the other side of the ball, your offense isn't up to snuff. Um, They have been better with uh, Mason Rudolph, but, I think that's going to be a tough environment in Buffalo. Probably really cold. I don't know if there's going to be snow or not. I mean, Pittsburgh's a cold-weather team, too. But I just mean that crowd's going to be hyped up. The Bills, I mean, they've been playing not necessarily as well as any as any team, but they've been as hot as any team with how many games they've won in a row. So I, I like them winning at home. I don't think they cover, though, because I think it'll probably be a pretty low-scoring game. Yeah, got to give a shout-out to the defense for the Bills. They've had injuries to Milano out, another bunch of names. You know, Von Miller hasn't been able to play. They trade for Razul Douglas. He steps up mightily when they need him to. They had that great second half, and they've been really just playing great football given all the injuries that they've had. If the Steelers don't get to the lead, if they don't get those big plays, like those big you know touchdown plays of Deontay Johnson or Pickens, I don't know how they get there. And, yeah, I just don't think Pittsburgh has the horses. We know they're, you know, a well-coached team, but they're also a team that lost to the Steelers and your Cardinals in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> that's true. If that's not a detriment, I don't know what is. <laughs> More on the Money Mitch Effect with Matt Wittenberg. The uh, final couple playoff games, the Packers get that seven seed. They go to Dallas, where they're a little over a touchdown underdog against the Cowboys. A lot of Packers fans I know Witt are saying this is house money, and I tend to agree because you proved the biggest thing you needed this year, and that's Jordan Love seems to be for real. So with him playing as well as he's looked, with the team down the stretch, you know, having their issues on defense but scoring enough and getting enough stops, they are going to face a Dallas juggernaut. I'll say right now my pick is going to be Dallas to win but not cover. I think this is going to be closer than that 7.5-point line. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I feel like in general, playoff games are, barring weird like things happening, are generally close and typically within one to two scores. So I think Green Bay's offense has been really good. Dallas's defense has been vulnerable at times. I mean, if you can get the pass off like and get past their pass rush with uh, Parsons, then you got a decent shot with because their corners are very up and down if they're not like trying to get pick sixes every time. So I do think that Green Bay has a 
good shot to cover in this one. I don't think they'll, they'll win because their defense has been, I mean, left a lot to be desired. They, they've looked okay against the Bears last week, but it was against the Bears so yeah. in Lambeau. But I think Dallas wins this one at home. Yeah, I can't really shake them losing to Tommy DeVito on Monday night. That's still in the back of my brain. I know bad things happen and weird things happen. This is also the best Dax Prescott season he's ever had. C.D. Lamb looks great, and their offense is buzzing. Defensively, there's a lot of feast or famine. So this could be a game where Love has numbers and touchdowns, but also a lot of picks. So I think if, yeah. you, if you want to nitpick the Cowboys, what could hold them back it would be defense, and you know teams have been driving on them. But – there's not, like we said, like there's not that many teams that, you know, could win the Super Bowl this year, it seems. So Dallas has certainly got to be one of them. Yeah, definitely. Well, CeeDee Lamb has been playing probably as the best as any wide receiver this year. Maybe Tyree Kill, but he kind of fell off at the end with the injuries and I guess some of mm-hmm. Tua's struggles. But as far as the consistency goes, I don't think you can beat what CeeDee's done this season. Yeah. Sunday night. Matthew Stafford's homecoming and potentially Jared Goff's revenge game. We'll see what happens there, but it's Rams-Lions in Detroit. Detroit's a three-point favorite. The Rams are coming in with a lot of momentum. It was an iconic Puka Nakua receiving rookie record year for him. McVay took a 3-6 and six team to the playoffs. The Lions still a little upset about that call at the end of the Dallas game, but they win the division. They're the three seeds, so... It might be the best, and I'd argue this much, this might be the most raucous atmosphere we of all the playoff games. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I mean, I think this and between this and Buffalo, I mean, I guess KC always gets loud, but, I mean, they, they've kind of been there, done that the last few years. I think this could be the upset pick of the week. I, I'm gleaning Rams here, and I've been trying to talk myself into Lions and everything that's gone on, but there is... It was also the 3-6 matchup last year where we saw the Giants go in and beat the Vikings, but there are teams in the NFL that win a lot of close games, and you have to think that, I wouldn't say luck because everybody works hard, but fortune and, and bounces go your way, and the Lions kind of strike me. As much as the last thing didn't go against them, did go against them. I feel like the Rams are a little grittier in this situation, and Stafford is quietly having one of his better years as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Rams in this one. I like the experience. Um, can get it done on the ground, too, with Kerwin Williams coming back from injury and being so good down the stretch. Uh, Sean McVay's won a Super Bowl. They're tested. You still have Aaron Donald on the defensive side and some younger players back in the secondary making plays, too. I just uh, I know everyone's going to be motivated in this one, that's for sure, because you have the, uh, the Goff revenge factor going, too, on the other side. Yeah, good for Detroit, though. I'm, I'm excited for Lions fans. I just think that the Rams end up in pulling this one out in what should be probably the most entertaining game of the weekend. And Noah Porta also, maybe. We don't know what yeah. the status is going to be. That's huge. He's had one. He's already one of the best tight ends in football. And for all the Rams talk about, you know, trading all the picks and doing everything, and, and you know, obviously with Aaron Donald and all these great players, look at those skill guys, right? Nakua, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams. You know, two two at well. They they aren't high draft picks. Like they've nailed a lot of these mid round picks, and it's just, it's remarkable. I also would hate the worst case scenario for Lions fans would probably be Dan Campbell gets too aggressive and they lose by like missing a two point conversion again. Oh God, that's <laughs> yeah. That that would sting going into the off season if that's like your last image all year. 
All right, last game, Monday night. I do actually love, Wit, right, that they do Monday night for the first week. You know, we get the Manning cast. We get an extra Monday night game. It's a nice send-off of Monday night football. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, I mean, I think I probably would have gone with uh, Lions-Rams uh, in this window, but I guess NBC wanted that for the Sunday night window. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's cool that it gets actually gets stretched out another day. So the Eagles go into Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay, a three-point underdog at home. They played this game early in the season in Tampa on a Monday night, and Tampa got killed by Philly. But I understand why the number is the number, but I want to just go over a few things. One being, you know, in, in Tampa, I struggled. Obviously, they only won 9 nothing over the Panthers to clinch the division. But I can't think of a single thing right now with, that the Eagles are doing well. No, and then they get those, like, it seems like they're probably not serious injuries, but you got A.J. Brown going down, you got Jalen Hurts' finger getting messed up in that game against the Giants. It's just, yeah, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. I mean, especially that defense, man, is just playing probably as bad as any defense that's in the playoffs. Like, I would probably take Green Bay's defense over that unit right now. It's just not good. If you're getting gashed by the Cardinals on every drive, then – you know you're doing something wrong, and they have the whole thing with giving Matt Patricia the play calling. Sean <laughs> Desai, yeah. so it's just like, I, it's just like not sustainable at all. It it wouldn't surprise me if they won this game though, just because the Bucks have been struggling on the offensive side of the ball. But it doesn't like I'm not very confident in this team at all making a run. Yeah, I, I just. I think they. I don't want to. I don't want to pick them, but I'm going to pick them to win this game because Tampa Bay to me is a nice story. Everything regarding, but they're still, you know, a team that had to get, you know, had to win their last game to finish nine and eight to win the division. And Baker did get a little messed up in that game. I think that the Eagles by <laughs> by getting something from their secondary can win this game. Because I still do have faith in their D-line. I just think schematically they're all over the place and they're not a confident football team. But I would say in this position, if less is more, right, don't don't go for mm-hmm. too much. And Hurts has to play better too and not turn the ball over as well. Um, but this falls on everyone. If they lose this game, don't assume to me that Sirianni is 100% the coach next year. That's how I feel. I mean, yeah, he's uh lost both of his coordinators from last year's team and it like looks like that they might have been ma- <clears throat> excuse me might have been masking quite a bit of the airs or a bit of the warts on this team so who knows i think i'll take just take damn on this one i mean i live in the tampa area it'd be cool to see them win and i mean the, the eagles haven't given me much to like be confident about right now either so i think i'll just go with the home team okay kind of a crash money line or just to cover the spread no, I think they're going to win a money okay. line. So. All right. Wow. Nice. Well, that would put, and hey, look, this would put us in a position where if if my picks went through, three of the four divisional games would be divisional matchups. Eagles, Cowboys, Rams, Niners, Ravens, Browns. Could be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Could be pretty yeah, fun. That's, that's, especially the uh, Flacco revenge game. Do you have a uh, Super Bowl pick while we're at it now? Start of the playoffs. How do you see it all going? Man, it's tough. Uh, I don't want to go chalk. I don't want the two. I don't want to go with the, <clears throat> the two one seeds. I think San Francisco and the NFC though—they've just been so good, uh, barring any injuries to Brock Purdy or 
Trent Williams on being left tackle or McCaffrey. Like, I mean, you can say that about any team though with key players, but yeah. just mm-hmm. with how consistent they've been all year long, I think that they end up winning the NFC. Um, NFC is tricky though. I think that, I don't know. I kind of like the way that Buffalo's responded uh-huh. down the stretch. I think that you need an elite quarterback. Allen's proven to be that, even though he does tend to make some weird mistakes every game, but I, I do believe in him. Um, and there, you can find holes on every other team in, in the AFC side. I mean, the, the Ravens have been great, but like I said, I don't want to be picking chalk. So, no. yeah, I'll, I'll go the way we stand right here at the beginning of, of the playoffs. I, I think I'm going Niners, Bill, with right. the 49ers, unfortunately, to, to win it all. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that division run, division rivalries run deep. Um, but now we'll see how it shakes off. Matt Wittenberg, thanks for coming on the show as always. Talk me off the ledge, too, with uh, this college football <laughs> news. But always appreciate talking football and talking sports with you. Yeah, hey, at least you got the Browns, though. So, uh, uh, for at least another week, but hopefully I've longer. never said that. That's crazy. Look at where I'm at right now where I've said at least <laughs> I've got the Browns. Wow. But uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, buddy. <laughs> of course. That was Matt Wittenberg. This was the Money Mitch Effect. If you like the show, we're on all your podcast platforms. Go to Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your shows. And follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. Check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page as well for some exclusive content. We're back next week to recap the wild card round, look at the NFL Divisional Playoffs, and talk other news and notes in the world of sports. Matt Wittenberg, I'm Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening to the Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports.